0: hey hey everybody welcome back to so rare first pitch so rare FP going forward as we're now in the basketball realm so uh fantasy projections whatever you want FP to mean that's kind of where we're at um, what's up it's been a while uh, been really grinding out these NBA projections working on upside projections which have been working pretty well I don't know if you've seen the Twitter. But uh, a lot of winners in the Discord, a lot of winners uh, out of our subscribers. We actually had a podium finish here in the midweek. So things are going good. The uh, the upside projections are working, and I'm very happy to see that. Actually going to talk a little bit about the opposite of the upside projections. We're going to talk about some steady eddies, some uh, long-term holds in so rare NBA, um, Obviously, we've gotten used to NBA in the last couple of weeks, and we've kind of found that, you know, there's a lot of wheeling and dealing. And, you know, guys who were great uh, points to last 10 ratios early start to stack and stack their scores, and all of a sudden they're not as good of plays. So we're going to cover some guys who are going to be great plays all year, we hope, Um, and based on the early returns, folks who should be able to hold based on a couple of things. So we'll get into that here in a second. I did want to just tie up the baseball season really quick. I know I talked about it a few times. Um, I think we learned a lot down the stretch here. Um, So our MLB kind of ended with a whimper in a lot of ways, and it was kind of disappointing. Um, I personally was not a fan of full series game weeks, Um, I talked about it with Keith on the grind last week, and he made a great point, which I agree with, that, you know, there's not really a whole lot of other ways to go. Um, I don't know that you can split up the game weeks because, you know, all of a sudden you're getting three or four games in the first game week, then, you know, you might not even have another game week after that. So you're at risk of just, like, not having a second game week and I mean, that's probably good for so rare because they have to give out fewer rewards, but as an experience, really not probably any better for us, but uh, I'm a little sour grapes because I didn't win anything. I need to say that up front. So I, I don't, um, I, I can put my biases on the table. Um, honestly, Framer Valdez killed me. The Phillies pitchers killed me. I had great Phillies. Interest. I was on the cusp of rewards in all three contests that I played, I just couldn't get over the line because some of the tertiary guys beat me. And I'm talking about tertiary players like Fran Valdez, as opposed to like Justin Verlander, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, who all had two cracks uh, at starts and just didn't pitch well in any of them. I don't think out of any of the six starts, I don't think any of them were good. So, um, but yeah, so... While it wasn't a great experience for me, um, I don't know that there is an improvement there, but, you know, it's something that we learned, and we've kind of talked and hashed that out. In terms of auctioning, obviously the MLB auction block has been slow. Um, I have no problem with that, especially with NBA coming out. You know, a lot of the money's going over there, and there's a lot of leftover um, cards A lot of leftover mints for MLB that, you know, we'll probably see used in the first half of the season. I imagine that the 2023 mints won't come out until mid-season next year. Uh, I think that's a better play um, as well. I think we'll see it around the All-Star game. And then these 2022 first-year mints, I would imagine get used in the first half of the season. Um, Maybe they strip the uh, first-year banner off the bottom and, all of that. I know Trippin B talked a little bit about, you know, those first year banners, maybe carrying a 5% fidelity bonus into the future. And I think that's actually a really good idea. Um, So uh, Trippin's really sharp. And uh, I've been asking for, you know, like kind of the rewards for early adopters, especially in MLB, because, you know, I think folks are going to start coming over from NBA um, when the season restarts. And, I asked for a couple of things that might have been a little too much and uh YMWA made the point that you know like being first to market was our reward for being an early adopter and I do agree with that and I don't want extra handouts but I do think that fidelity bonus is fair I think that's cool for all of us who got on the platform early and uh gives us less incentive to sell some of those cards so I think that's great um Last thing on MLB is we still don't know what we're going to get in the off season. Um, The, the airdrop for NBA was pretty disappointing. I think we learned, you know, I think hopefully so rare learned, you know, maybe not to build up an announcement like that only to give someone common cards. I don't think for the people who are really invested in the platform. I don't think that's a good way to go, but Still, it was. I appreciate the reward, and I don't want to be, you know, ungrateful. I think that was very kind of them. It's just I was, ex- I was putting expectations in my own head, and I've kind of done that with the offseason plans. I expect to be underwhelmed at this point, and you know that's fine. That's fine. Um, the one thing out of MLB, I do want. And this is my last point. I want more contests next year, more than just limited unlimited pro rare rare pro i want underdog i want maybe al nl only maybe you know um like a young guns sort of thing where it's only players who have two or three years you know pre-arb type of guys so like first three years maybe up to arbitration so first six years guys without long-term contract that would be tough to you know kind of juggle for so rare but i think that's a cool idea um I want more utility for my cards next year. I have a bunch of cards, and I'd like to be able to play them across multiple contests. So, um, again, that's just me kind of catering to me, but I do think more contests is something that we've talked about and uh, has been talked about by So Rare. So I am looking forward to that. So that's MLB. Um, yeah, kind of, I was bummed with the way that it finished. Um, I'm very excited for next year. I'm already counting down until... February, uh, so rare made me fall in love with baseball again. And that's really all I can ask for. It's kind of doing the same for NBA too. Um, but I, I have always loved baseball and this really brought me back to loving the whole league. So I think it's a great instrument for the league. I hope the, I hope the league uh, ups their investment in so rare uh, and hopefully, you know, the community responds. I think it will. I think it should. I think fantasy baseball is huge. And uh, I would hope that we can finally get people over some of the barrier to entry of, you know, crypto and everything like that, getting on the platform, which I've talked about before. But, okay, that is MLB. That is my rant. Um, if you came here for NBA, I'm sorry I waited so long. Let's get into it. Um, okay, so I talked about it. Long-term holds. These are our these are our steady eddies is what I'm calling it. Um these are guys who satisfy all the criteria to continually earn points. Not necessarily big-time upside guys, but some of them are. Um, these are players who are above league average in shot volume, uh, usage percentage, defense, so blocks and steals, and turnover suppression, so not... Uh, So low turnovers. Um, I might actually have to change that. Let me look at something really quick. Okay, so, so usage to turnover percentage is actually what I used here. So people who get an amount of usage that's in line with their turnovers. So... Not necessarily like guys with a ton of usage, but also turn the ball over a ton. That's been Nikola Jokic's problem early on. Um, That kind of will continue with him because he tries to make a lot of plays. And, you know, it doesn't always come off. But when it does, it's brilliant. So these are folks who don't turn it over too much relative to how often they are used in possession, if that makes sense. So let's get into it. All right. Number one, um, I've been banging this drum for a while. It's Michael Bridges from the Suns. Um, You see kind of his projections here. Let's look at his past games from this season. So not a lot of variance here. Bottomed out at 20, topped out at 48, but you're seeing a lot of 34 kind of high 20s here. So let's look at the 48 game. What I'm noticing is players pop when they get a ton of steals and blocks and don't turn the ball over. I think those are the two, if you take nothing away from this video, listen to me now. Relative to the rest of the scoring, blocks and steals will get you more than high volume shooting. High volume shooting will get you a ceiling. If someone goes from you know ten shots a game to all of a sudden he takes twenty four in a game and he makes eighteen, then that's your upside score. But when you see the high end games for a lot of these guys, you're going to see blocks and steals, and that's what I that's what I expect to see from Bridges here. How he got to forty eight? I mean, that's like an extra fourteen above his normal kind of ceiling, which is like thirty four. Ceiling is the wrong word, but like his his higher end median, I guess, is this 34 range, but then a 48. So how does he get it? Let's take a look. Three blocks, one steal, one turnover. Exactly. That's exactly how you do it. I mean, he's not going to score 27 points a game, though. So let's look at these 33, 34s. 17 points, that's more in line. Two blocks, one steal, one turnover. Six rebounds, two assists, that's kind of par for the course. 19 points, Block, steal, turnover. So... Again, looking at these lower ones, 12 points, 11 points. That's kind of where he's going to settle in, but see only one block. One block, two steals, but you know, only 11 points. So it could have been worse. He's not a high, high scorer, but he's very steady. He makes plays on the defensive end. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he converts at a high amount. So he's not completely inefficient shooting. He takes good shots and makes the most out of his opportunities when he gets them so those are all floor things these are these are your steady guys and i know you can see the top banner here these are the guys we're going to talk about you see some big names in there so all right anthony davis here's another one we know what he can do on the defensive end but look at these scores 39 of the floor which, like, if you pay for Anthony Davis and you roll out is, what, 49 L10. If you get that 39, you're going to set. But, you know, 62, 62, 59, he's consistent kind of in that ceiling. And, I mean, that's still a plus, plus 10, plus 13 relative to his L10. So, again, let's take a look at the higher-end ones, 62, 14 rebounds. That's great. Two blocks, three steals, zero turnovers. That's how you get to that ceiling. That's how you unlock that ceiling. Six blocks, two steals, one turnover, and a double-double. 59. Four blocks, one steal, one turnover, and a double-double. That's how you do it. All right, let's look at his 39. Two blocks, nothing to write home about. 47, block, and a steal, double-double, two turnovers. So, again, like, you take away that turnover, 49. 49. You know, we're still talking about, you know, 50 area whatever. So the point I'm trying to make, again, is see where, you know, he's 19 points, 22 points, 20 points, 23 points, all with like 10 to 15 rebounds. That's his game, 22 points, 22-10, 25, 27. See, the the highest scoring effort he had, he had more turnovers. He had the blocks and the steals, but he had the most points he's had and a little bit fewer on the rebounds. But
1: the turnovers are,
0: what are what's going to suppress things. So these high usage guys who do turn the ball over aren't going to help you that much. Davis, I think, is a great example. And, I mean, he's not expensive. This is not expensive price for Anthony Davis. So I think it's good to have some of these guys who are very consistent in their floor scores and then have a couple of upside guys. And these are all guys who can blow up further. I mean, they're still um, – above average in usage. So maybe if we expand the parameters of, you know, I wanted 10 people to talk about here, but these are guys who have the floor and the upside, and that's what you want in your lineup. Sometimes then, once you have a couple of these guys in place, you want to find some dudes who are going to just blow up. And sometimes that's an, a D'Anthony Melton who's getting a better opportunity because James Harden is hurt. So his minutes go up, and he's got a lot of shot volume, and all of a sudden he can put up 41 scoring points, and kind of get you way above um, his his L10. And then sometimes it's going to be a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's got a high L10, but, you know, you can go out there and score 60, especially if Darius Garland's not there, stuff like that. So you want to put these guys kind of together. So I think having these 10 players in your gallery long term gives you that flexibility, and that's what we're talking about. All right, Alperin Sengun, not a lot of folks know about him, I think, outside of Sorer. Uh Let's talk about him right now. So you see his projections are about to go down, um, according to Rotowire. Probably a minutes thing. I don't know the rocket's rotation in and out, but someone's probably coming back. But if you look at the score, all right, high end, close to 50, mid-range, 30 to 38. 38's kind of an outlier here. So something's going on. Let's look at the high end. Actually, not. it's not the... Uh, Blocks and steals here, but no turnovers, and 26 points, 13 rebounds. I don't think he scores like that normally. Did I look at this one already? Double-double, two blocks, one steal, one turnover. That's great. So here's a 10-point drop-off. This is what this is going to look like. Lower scoring, still got the blocks. Great. Okay, so it's actually kind of scoring for him. 16-9, and steal, turnover. All right. I didn't look at these before I looked at the scoring and I looked, I I narrowed it down. So this is actually kind of a useful case here. He is pretty scoring dependent. He's also very cheap, no blocks, no steals, two turnovers. So, um, let me take a look really quick at my spreadsheet and see if he's way down on the defensive end relative to these other guys Singing third. Yeah. So everyone else we're talking about here has a defensive multiplier. That's just something I do for upside. Um, of like 1.1 or higher, and that's going to be, it's actually going to be Bridges, and we're going to talk about some guy you may have heard of by the name of Luka Doncic coming up later. Those are the lowest guys in defensive multipliers, but Anthony Davis is a 2. We're going to talk about a 2.3 coming up defensively, two 2.3s coming up defensively. So this is actually, Sangoon would actually be probably my least favorite guy on this list because we've talked about... Um, we've talked about how the defensive multiplier is what really helps. So this is a helpful exercise for both of us. And I'm actually coming out of this really just loving Anthony Davis, because now that I'm looking at it, his turnover suppression is the lowest on this list. His turnover usage is not as high, but his turnover suppression, he and Bridges are actually the lowest. So let's move on to someone with a high defensive multiplier and a high turnover multiplier, which is not good. Another guy you may have heard of, his name is Giannis. Um, I'm actually going to... Okay. All right, so here's Giannis. Pretty consistent, right? We know Giannis is going to play pretty consistent. This 40 is interesting. I want to look at this. Think it's probably a minutes issue. No, it's actually not. 31 minutes. That's kind of an outlier. But yeah, mostly 60 to 67 with a high end of six or seventy-two. So let's look at the 72. I already know the answer to this one. Five blocks, two steals. Two blocks, five steals, excuse me. So 21 points just on defense. 19 if you factor the turnovers in, but very efficient. Didn't I mean 32 is a lot of points relatively, but for Giannis, you know, that's Pretty average, just barely above average, got the rebounds, got the assists, but he did the damage defensively. That's how Giannis unlocks his upside. And also he could have six more assists in the game, put up a triple double, nobody's surprised, and all of a sudden you're looking at a you know, a, a 40. Uh sorry, a 40 point triple double is what I'm trying to say. Um someone just said they sent me an offer, so I was a little distracted. But yeah, so this is how he gets to the 72, though, is the defense. That's gonna happen more often than not. 67. Seven turnovers, but yeah, he made up for it with the 43 points. Still had the blocks and steals. Seven turnovers. Holy cow. The fact that he got to 67 with negative (laughs) 14. His 14 rebounds were almost wiped out by his turnovers. That's nuts. 64. Yeah, I mean, that's a (laughs) triple-double. Not as much defensively. Three blocks, one steal makes up for the lack of scoring. So I know I'm kind of reverse engineering a lot of this to make my point, but you can make up for a lack of scoring with defense. And I think that's the great equalizer on this platform. So I think the guys who can score and play defense, those are the guys that you're looking for, and that's what we're talking about. Triple-double, no blocks or steals, four turnovers. And still, like his – it's a he had a triple double, didn't do anything defensively, and turned the ball over, and this is, you know, a very median score for him. It's his second worst in the last month. So there you go. That's the importance of defense right there. Like you can have a triple double and still not score well on this platform. There. I didn't have to reverse engineer anything. You saw it. That's exactly why. All right. Jason Tatum, another one. Very consistent. Forty-five to sixty-seven. You know, this 32. So what happened with the 32? 27 minutes, that's one thing. It was a blowout, so he didn't have to play that long. A steal and four turnovers, not great. High end, 40 minutes, one went into overtime, I think. Block steal, turnover, high points. Uh Tatum is a guy who is going to be scoring dependent, not going to do as much defensively. Again, I don't think his defensive multiplier is going to be as high as everyone else. Yeah, it's like a 1.2, which is good. I think he's more of a steals guy. 62. Two blocks of steal, 40 points. He's mostly just a usage guy, but he suppresses the turnovers. I mean, three, one, six, not great. But he had four blocks, so he wipes them out. Four. So he's. you can see with the scoring... He's very, very high usage, but those turnovers aren't that bad. They're not that bad. And he can make up with the turnovers for his defense. So just a, Jason Tatum's very well-rounded. Okay, moving on. This one's actually surprising to me because I bought stabs and he's been horrible. I bought Staps for these after these, so yeah, not a great investment. A lot of variance here, so let's see why. Recently, okay, first of all, minutes are down. Not scoring. Could have been much worse if he didn't play defense, but turned the ball over a ton. No defense. Double-double, whatever. All right, high end. Scored a bunch. Block, steal, low turnover. Fantastic. Scored a bunch. Two steals, no turnovers. So it's not completely reliant on the defense, but the defense bails you out. This is actually a weird one. He just hit a lot of threes. But I mean okay okay you have to hit three three pointers to make up for one block obviously you get the nine points but so what you see here is there's not a ton of variance in the amount of points scored so if if you're still with me from baseball like I talked about value over replacement player and that's you know scoring relative to your position it's it's a limit on the player on the card and how well they perform above that what you see with high scorers is they get a lot of points from scoring so if you put them into a bucket these high usage guys who can get you a bunch of points at scoring how how are you going to separate yourself from the rest of that pack so the high-scoring guys are going to have these L10s that are generally higher because it's it's a higher floor. Scoring is just one for one. They do it a bunch. They just get 30 points because they go out and they score 30 a game. How are you going to separate yourself from the rest of those 30s? It's blocks and steals and limiting turnovers. That's the point I'm trying to make here. How do you separate yourself from the pack and unlock an upside? It's these things. But these are guys who are also steady in the amount that they're scoring, and they have that kind of bounce. So Staffs is a weird one. He's just, you know, he's playing fewer minutes and not doing much these last couple of days and turned it over and didn't play a whole lot of defense. So thanks, Staffs. Let's uh, let's step back up. All right. Nick, clack, clack, clackston. Um, Okay, so Nick Claxton's going to get a lot more minutes when Ben Simmons is out. The Nets are playing Ben Simmons at the 5. Nick Claxton is a 5. Obviously, two completely different players. Nick Claxton is a fantastic defender. He does not need to score much. So, all right, the 14 here. 28 minutes, 23 minutes, 22 minutes, and then you see the time that he's been up. 25 minutes, though, he puts up a 41. Let's look at the 48. Four blocks, one steal, no turnovers, double-double. Wonderful. 42. Almost a double-double. Five defensive plays, four turnovers. That's actually very out of the norm for him because he's a big, he generally, on offense, he's only going to get the ball when he's down on the block. It's tough to turn it over there. Almost a double double, seven events defensively and three turnovers. So it, like it could have been higher. It could have been higher. The fact that he's turning the ball over a lot in these situations is surprising. But, you know, three blocks, double-double, almost 40 points. And this is a guy with an L10 of 29. So kind of an upside guy because he can just have these huge games defensively. If he's on the floor, he has the chance to just blow something up. Luka Doncic. His usage percentage is nuts. So you see a lot of 60s, mid-60s. That's kind of where he settles. He's got a 62 L10. How does he get to the 78? 41-point triple-double is helpful. <laughs> Luke is a weird one. And, like, I don't need to tell you, like, hey, go get a Luka Doncic. If you can, you will. If you can't, you won't. Um, yeah, I mean, he just went off. Five turnovers is more than you want. I mean, in 88, if he just doesn't turn the ball over. But how do you get 14 assists on a 60% usage percentage otherwise? That's the thing. Five turnovers on his usage percentage, the most in the league, is not that bad. But he's not he is not going to do this for you defensively. This is just a matter of him going off. Although he did here, and he suppressed the turnovers. As long as you can get three to three here, you still come out on top. You still come out by like three. If you can get three defensive events to three turnovers, you're going to come out on top. It's just the way the scoring is weighted. And then another near triple-double. Not as close to a triple-double, even, comes out three on top. Yeah, not a lot of points to be made with Doncic. He's good. Go get him. But his, for him, it's the high usage. For him, it's just he's he's passing the ball and shooting the ball so much that, like, his upside is, like, three standard deviations above Giannis because his usage percentage is so much, and he rebounds the ball, and he passes the ball so much, two open shooters, that he has so many chances for assists, the fact that he does anything defensively is great. And he doesn't really turn the ball over that much for how often he has the ball in his hands. Let's, really quick, let's get you a little bit of perspective here. I talk about how much is the usage percentage. Okay, 30, 40% of possessions end with him scoring, passing to an assist, or turning the ball over. That's, you know, quite a bit higher than Giannis in second. Here are all the other usage guys. I mean, look at some of these names here. We talked about Jason Tatum's usage, 30. Look at Donchus, it's almost 10% of possession more. So that's that's what you're getting. That could regress, and that'll be trouble for people who have bought him, including me, who just did. But it's it's what separates them. All right, really quick, Durant, um, very, very consistent. Um, I think this is just going to be scoring 36-9 his... Defensive events to this is the one I would pay. as defensive events, turnovers is actually negative here. One block that's negative, almost a triple double again, negative. So he's not a guy who's going to separate himself defensively. He is a guy who what's his usage percentage? Sixth, and that's mostly going to be shots. Fifth in offensive wind shares, which doesn't mean anything to us now. John Morant, the reason he's not on this list um, is because of how much he turns the ball over. There's Durant. What I want is field goal attempts. Yeah, I bet he's going to be right under Durant. Yep, there he is. Three-point field goals. Surprisingly way down. But how about his attempts? Okay, so he's actually not attempting that many threes. He's just getting the basket field goals. He's leading second in attempts. So the reason Trey Young isn't here is because he attempts the most, but he's not even top twenty in makes. Oof. Also, might be a great time to buy Trey Young as he struggles. So, yeah, Durant just gets so much usage, especially you know Kyrie's been out lately, um, not. Harden's not there, and really the rest of the team is not very good. Um, Claxton can catch the ball on the the, uh, the block and score, and there's some other guys, but it's mostly just Durant dominating offensively. So high usage, high volume is the thing with him, and he converts well. High volume guys only work when they convert. High volume guys with high conversion percentages, Fantastic. Um, DeMar DeRozan, so we we talked about him. He's got a great upside score. He is not a steady Eddie because he is a volume shooter that does not convert that often, and he doesn't shoot threes too often, so then you're losing that bonus point. So here's Durant scores, all green. Look at that. Let's look at DeRozan really quick. You're going to see a difference in the way that he scores. Really low scores, and then some big scores. So 66, how did he get there? 37 points. Not a lot else. 62, 46 points. He's actually not bad blocks and steals-wise. He just does not have the same points per minute there. You Look at these games, 17 points, because he missed a lot. Uh, The Brooklyn game, I watched this. 34. I'm actually surprised. Like he w- he could have built a brick house, man. He just he misses. So he that's the difference. Hey, See our last guy. There's something right there. Um, there's Claxton and field goal percentage. But yeah, like look like at Durant. Where's our guy, Derozan? What are their shooting percentages? Durant, 52% shooter, 33 from the field. 562 effective, 508, so 1.2 uh, percent worse overall. Point, uh, what seven percent worse from three, and then a pretty considerable amount of ineffective field goal percentage. Also, just doesn't get to the line as much as Durant, um, which which makes a big difference. So that's kind of where you get the variance from these scores. So there we go. All right, last guy. He does it all. His l 10s going up, um, but he's, like you see here, very consistent when he gets the playing time, and this is a defender. This is a guy who has a block percentage way higher relative to other people. That's funny. That's a bad point to make. His best scoring day on the platform, he had no blocks, no steals, no turnovers, but had 23 points. That's not him normally. This is a little more him. Double, double, three blocks, four blocks. Got some, some turnovers in there. Four blocks. Two blocks. Not going to do a lot else. Gets a lot of blocks. Not a lot of turnovers. So, Bol Bol, uh, buyer of aware, definitely. His role is not cemented. Um, But he's definitely a guy who can get you there. All right. I think I made my point. <laughs> defense is good. Um, we like defense. Really quick, before we get out of here, I'm going to give you your um, your reward for watching this whole thing. Players to buy. Let's see. Let me highlight some big scores here, big projected scores. All right. I'm going to rattle them off. You ready? Bull Bull, just talked about them. DeAnthony Melton. Um, James Harden's still out. That's a guy who can score big. If Joel Embiid plays at 39 L10, he can go off. OG and Anobi, Dame Lillard, buy him white while he's hurt. Isaiah Hartenstein with Mitchell Robinson out. Um, His price is still good. Benedict Mathurin for the Pacers. Going to get some opportunities, especially with Chris Duarte out. And then the other one, uh, maybe my favorite play this week, is Harrison Barnes, 19 L10 L10. Projected for like a thirty-one median score, so his upside is even higher than that. I love Harrison Barnes this week. That's it. That's all I got. Um, yeah, if you want upside projections, head over to the Patreon. Um, Ten dollars a month, man. That's a that's a small investment for a chance to really up your winning percentage and kind of up what you uh, what you earn on the platform. So these upside percentage or projections have worked start to stumble when i start to try and speed up and get out of here um but yeah uh they've been helpful for people myself included i've won a couple of really nice rewards so far uh a zach levine 0.034 limited that i sold immediately and used to buy a Luka Doncic. so um it's good stuff patreon.com slash fp if you want to get into that if you like the content, like this video, subscribe, please. Um, I'm trying to get out as much free content as possible. It's not just about the Patreon, but i got to cater to those folks, too, because they're, uh, they're helping support everything. So uh, Until next time, if you've got questions, leave a comment, follow me on Twitter, at Hooper or follow us on Twitter, at SawyerFP. We're on all your favorite streaming uh, podcasts, platforms. Find us there. Uh, or just come back right here to the YouTube. But until next time, uh, we'll talk to you.